If you're wondering why you should listen to me, I'm your everyday 24-year-old guy going through everyday struggles. And maybe, just maybe, you'll feel better knowing you're not alone. My name is Brandon Dennis, a nursing student living in New York. Interested in learning all that I can, I make friends with all kinds of people. Everything from music to business and fitness, I'm open to hear everything and anything. Welcome to the Unwritten Podcast. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone, to the Unwritten Podcast. My name is Brandon Dennis, and I am your host. And we are back at it again for another episode of the Unwritten Podcast, episode number 13. Um, so for episode 13, I have a really uh, cool thing to talk about. Um, I had mentioned it in a previous episode, um, uh, talking about how we're going back to school and things like that. And I'm also going to talk about another point. But... Um, we are in September. It is Labor Day weekend. I hope that everyone's having a great time doing their last bit of barbecuing and getting in all their fun festivities before, you know, we finally go into our next season. That is fall. Um, the weather's going to start cooling down. We're going to start transitioning into sweater weather. Um and we're going to be able to start wearing different things. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when fall comes around, uh, plenty of things come with it. But when we're talking about specifically just the weather, the way that you dress for summer is just so totally different from fall. The different colors you can wear, the different fabrics you can wear. Uh, you can start wearing jackets, start wearing coats, cardigans, sweaters, hoodies. Um, it's a really fun time. And also, um, it's a fun time for me just because in recent time, on my personal account, I said that I was going to gut my entire wardrobe. And so um, I basically took everything out of my closet and basically threw out maybe about 80% of my closet, um, donating it. Well, I haven't donated it. I ended up thrifting some of the clothes. I still have the a large amount, uh, a large amount of that garbage bag still sitting in my car. And I'm going to try and sell off some of these pieces because I've done so many donations in the past to Salvation Army. I just figured that this time around that now that I'm getting rid of a large amount of pieces that I should get a little bit of money back for it. And when I went to that first thrift shop, I ended up getting like 30 bucks back for a couple pieces. And and I mean, you take what you can get. It was like a gas tank or something like that. So, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not mad about it. I'm actually really, really happy about it. And since I've gone to the store and started buying more clothing to kind of sort of up my style a little bit and sort of just find new pieces that I really do enjoy and just also keeping my wardrobe fairly minimal, uh, not, you know, totally stripped down to a couple of pieces, but just finding things that I know I'm actually going to wear on a consistent basis. So I am excited for fall weather to come around. Um, but also more, well, I guess not more importantly, but along with the cooler weather, now that we're in September, we know that October is right around the corner. And at the end of October, we have Halloween. So we're going to start transitioning transitioning into spooky season where we're watching our horror films. We are, you know, getting together for our, our Halloween parties costumes, costume parties. This is a really, really fun time just to kind of just like get fun and get creative with how you decorate your house, your your bedroom, um, how you dress up for Halloween, whether you want to do a play on a certain idea or if there's a certain character or person that you've always wanted to 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 do for Halloween, uh, a certain costume you've always, you've always wanted to do. Um, it's just almost about that time. So although we love summer, um, fall is really, really great. All right, and the one thing that uh, that is upon us or has already come is going to be school. 
and school's a little weird for most of us. Um, it's weird just because uh, the last time that we've had any sort of structure, schedule, or deadlines was back in March when COVID-19 hit. And even when that happened, like, yes, we were still going through school back in March through April and then, you know, beginning of May, if you're in high school, up through June. Um, it, it was still weird because online schooling is just not the same as in-person schooling. And I feel like that transitioned from being in the classroom to online learning, how sort of quick and abrupt it was. And, you know, that little period of time where everyone was sort of learning how to work Zoom, how to schedule Zoom meetings, um, all those other things that come in with that come with the territory of online schooling. Uh, it was a really big learning, uh, steep learning curve for both students and for for teachers and staff. So um, it kind of leaves like a bad taste in everybody's mouth because we didn't really get the greatest experience back then in March. And uh, another thing that's going to be weird for schools that every state um, and every school is kind of doing their own thing. There's, from what I understand at least, there's not really any uniformity when it comes to the reopening of schools. I can only speak for New York just because that information's like readily available to me and everything. But, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and just trying to get their position on how school is reopening and um, basically their thoughts as to how we should be going about it and things like that. And it's just it's just weird because the pandemic is still going on. Um, the United States accounts for about a quarter of the world's cases. We have 180,000 plus deaths. It's just, I don't know, it's just weird because we closed when it was so much lower and it's so much higher and I don't know. I don't know, man. But I'm going to give you a couple of the angles that I have heard and although all these angles, I'm going to be sharing three with you, although they're, they are different, they have, and some of them are actually opposing views, I do agree a little bit with each one. I do find a little bit of validity and credibility in each one of these angles because it's like I said, this whole time is weird and school is going to be a weird time for, let's say specifically, like even like first year college students, like they obviously never anticipated this. No one's ever anticipated this. Um, people that are moving from, let's say, elementary school to middle school, middle school to high school, all those different things where you're moving up into another school system or anything and you're just it's just a whirlwind of just weird things. So I'm just going to get into these these three angles and we're, we'll kind of discuss them a little bit and just kind of see how they impact us going back to school um, and that and uh, and everything about that. So the first one is it's not safe. Uh, it's not safe yet to bring our to bring our kids back to school. Uh, the second one is. Kids have been in the house for too long, and they're missing out on all the things schools uh, uh, provide, such as social interactions with uh, other kids and their teachers. And the third one is, I want to bring them back, but we need to prioritize health and safety for students and staff. So, let's kind of run this back a little bit. It's not safe yet to bring our kids back. People will think that because of the severity of the pandemic, regardless of the the death rate, I don't think any parent wants to 
or at least I don't think many parents do not want to rush their kids back into a situation where they feel their child isn't safe. And God forbid, they did send their child back to school early. They did contract the virus and they were put into critical condition where it puts emotional stress, financial stress, and all that onto the parent. And now that parent will now feel guilty for their decision. So I totally understand that uh, there are people that want to keep their kids safe, um, college students that want to keep themselves safe in order to keep their family safe. You know, going back to school, it's 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 a troubling time because you know that you may be doing the right thing to keep yourself uh, healthy and safe, but you know there's there's plenty of people out there that have not been doing their part, and it only takes a couple of individuals to ruin it for for the many. And then the second one that says that basically um, kids are missing out on the typical interactions they that they would have when they're in the classroom with their teachers, uh, with their coaches, with their friends, with acquaintances, uh, you know, things like group projects, after school activities, clubs, sports, all that stuff. Um, I really do agree with this. Um, do I think it's such an impactful thing where we have to rush kids back and rush people back because they're missing out on those social interactions? I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think that there is, I do believe that there's some sort of, uh, I believe there's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe, uh, I don't, I don't want to say validity and credibility again, but I want to say there's something true to that though. When you go to school, um, especially when you go off to college and such, part of your college experience is to interact with people that don't come from the same background, they don't come from your same neighborhoods, the same state, that have different ethnicities, different cultures. And it's a it's a learning experience. That's part of college. Like, yes, you are there to learn, you're there to study, you're there to, you know, get your degree and everything. But if say you come from a background where and this happens in the United States, you grew up in a town where you've never been met a black person and you go off to college and you meet black people and you understand where they come from. Or say you go off to a college that has a very large Asian population and you get to learn about their cultures and practices. And, you know, it's just, and this is not just a thing for college, but also just for, you know, just the entire education system as a whole. Interacting with people and learning from people is part of the education that's not so academic. And I think that's something that's not really talked about a lot. And it's something that's really, really overlooked. So I do agree with that standpoint, but I don't think that is what we put over the safety or health of kids and students because for the, we have to understand that kids and people who are in their early 20s, we are fairly resilient when it comes to these things. It, if this happens for a year, and let me even exaggerate, this were to happen for two years, this isn't going to stump the development or stunt the growth of our children it's it's a it's so it's such a small fraction of time that feels very long to us just because it's so unfamiliar to us if you really think about on the grand grand scale of this thing right let's say average life expectancy is like 80 years per person roughly and this were to happen for two that's not even that's that's like what math a little a little over two percent two percent of your life that you had to deal with this 
in the grand scheme of things, it's not that serious. And the third point that I was talking about, I want to bring them back, but we need to prioritize health and safety for the students and staff. And this is probably the one that I align with the most. I do think that we need to seek normalcy when it comes to going back to school. We need to seek normalcy just just in in everyday life. Um, But I think the health and safety of of students, of staff, uh, faculty, all that stuff comes as the number one thing. Because if everyone is sick and you can no longer go to school because you're sick, then what's the whole point of having school if everyone's going to be sick and can't participate? Um, So, like I said, each one of these has a little bit of truth. The first one is probably one extreme where it's like, nope, let's not go to school. The second one's the other extreme where it's, no, we have to go back to school. I think the last one is a happy medium where both ends are recognized. Okay, it's not entirely safe. Okay, we do need to get on with life, but this little happy medium, that third one saying that we need to prioritize the health and safety of students and staff, as long as the right protocols and precautions are taken, I do think that in-person schools can happen. Um, but like I said, every school is kind of doing their own thing. So the way that they do it, it's it's not the same. It's not uniform. Um, so now that we've kind of gotten through that a little bit, and I kind of talked about how I feel about each one, um, I'm just going to talk about how things have been happening in New York. Because uh, coronavirus is already hitting some New York colleges. Um, I'm sure some of you have already heard um, over this past weekend so far that uh, SUNY Oneonta has already been sending all their students home uh, and they've only they didn't even complete two full weeks of classes. Um, they had a total of 559 cases and their student population is 6,000. Uh, Governor Cuomo said that if uh, a COVID-19 uh, cases reach about 5% of the campus population, then they need to temporarily switch over to online classes and wait a certain amount of time before bringing them back into, into class. Uh, Cornell University is shifting to alert level yellow um, after the rise of some COVID-19 cases. I think it was a total of 39, where 36 of them were student-athletes. This was uh, September 3rd, and they're expecting the number to rise. The alert level yellow is basically just uh, more impl- implementation of protocols, you know, including social distancing, masks, hand washing, adaptive testing, uh, gatherings limited to 10 people, and all of the university-sponsored activities are suspended through September, and so on and so forth. So they're doing their thing. They're they're they are reacting to these rise of COVID cases, but you know, it's I can only foresee this getting worse. In uh, at UB University at Buffalo, there's uh, 91 cases, which is just shy of what will force them to go to online cases. They just need nine more, and then they'll shift over to that. Um, and, and like I said, uh, for New York, Governor Cuomo is basically saying that if you reach 5% of your campus population is infected with COVID-19, they need to shift over to online schooling for a temporary time before bringing them all back. Um, and although these are some of the, 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 the worst cases, I would say, um, there's still some schools that are doing very well. You have SUNY Oswego um, that's only found 16 cases out of uh, 2,700, uh, excuse me, 5,700 tests, uh, SUNY Morrisville that's had zero, uh, cases on 460 tests, 
but there's also other things that are happening with, like, let's say, Syracuse University. Um, they have had to temporarily quarantine an entire building after finding COVID-19 in the building's wastewater. Um, they didn't find any new cases when they were officially quarantined, but five cases have emerged since the uh, since Friday, and we can expect that number to rise as well. So with everything with the colleges and with the viewpoints that I've heard, um, this is why I believe what I believe. The SUNY Oneonta outbreak that's had almost 600 cases, that was due to people having parties, uh, according to New York Times. And like I was saying before, it only takes a few people to ruin it for everybody. There are definitely people that are going out of their way to travel from another state to go to this school. They are going to class, they're going back to their rooms, and they're staying in their rooms, and they're just trying to get their school thing doing uh, going, and now they're being told after two weeks of being there, now they have to go back home because other people around thought it was okay to have large parties, no masks, no social distancing. Uh, and I can only imagine how this kind of shapes out in like elementary schools and middle schools. You know, I've seen little uh, diagrams where they sort of show you how the seating should be in classrooms with the social distancing. And I'm just going to say right off the rip, it is impossible with the class sizes that they have. It's, I don't know how it's working. I could probably reach out to some of my teacher friends and try and ask how they are navigating that whole situation. Um, Cause I have friends over here. I have my best friend over in Colorado just to kind of get an idea, but I could update you guys on that. If you really want to know about what's going on with COVID-19 in schools and everything like that. Um, I do think that there's precautions that we need to take. I do think that we should go back to school, but I do think we need to prioritize health and safety of all people above everything else. Um, so with everything just, you know, being different, um, some people are going to college for the first time. Some people are going to high school for the first time and just everything, just, just the, the conditions of this school year, this fall semester, um, people are going to need help doing certain things. It's going, it's just a totally, uh, unprecedented time and everything. And in order to sort of navigate this, I think that it's important for us to kind of keep ourselves on track by setting up goals. And I think I can help you guys out with that a little bit. Um, I know everyone works a little bit differently when they're setting up their goals and things like that. So I'm not going to try and change how you work your systems. I'm just going to try and give you a couple of tools that would enhance your systems. Or if you haven't actually done goal setting before, where you actually write down your goals or you type out your goals or anything like that, uh, you can definitely use this as, uh, as like a guide to sort of help you. Um, these are the five C's for setting up and accomplishing your goals. I heard this back in an interview um, about a couple years ago, and it's still fresh in my mind. Uh, have I used these? Yes, I have. Do they work? Yes, they do. Have I used them recently? No, I haven't. But I'm going to get back to that because I feel like th these this these five C's sort of establish a, a a track for you to sort of guide yourself in order to get from point A to point B where to get you from point A to point B so that you're able to get to that the end destination, your goals. So 
the five C's for setting up and accomplishing our goals are going to be clear, concise, compelling, consistent, committed. So clear. Uh, the level of clarity, uh, a level of clarity is needed when setting up your goals and um, because if your if your goals are clear, you will understand when you have failed and when you have succeeded. If there's a lack of clarity in your goals, then you're almost able to sort of fool yourself. You're able to go into, uh, you know, you can start working towards your goals, but if they're not clearly defined, if you do fail, you don't feel as bad. You don't feel, you don't, you don't feel that that pressure of failure or anything like that. If you do succeed, then you can sort of, you know, be really excited for it. But if they're not clearly defined, then you're going to fool yourself into this sort of wish-washy, really fuzzy, really hazy way of going about your goals. And if they're clear, then you know exactly what you need to do and you know what you want to do. So concision. And concision is great because this helps out with clarity. Instead of having these long, drawn-out goals, it kind of takes you away from, from the clarity of the original intent of your goal. And when you put concision and clarity together, it produces something that is brief and informative. I think th this, because these two sort of work off of each other, right? These things are what, we are what we're going to do in the very, very beginning when we're setting our goals. And this could be anything. Uh, I know, I know we've been talking about school, but this can be applied to anything, whether this is a, a fitness journey, a business journey, a spiritual journey, whatever, whatever sort of thing you're trying to build here, whatever goals you're trying to set for yourself, let them be clear and concise. Let there be no confusion as to what you want from your goals. I want to graduate this uh, this December with my degree of Bachelor of Science of Nursing. Uh, by next summer, I want to be down 15 pounds and in great fitness shape. You know, this just take 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 some take something like that, and you can make your your goals very clear and concise. Making them long and drawn out takes away from the clarity. Taking away from the clarity, you are not focused. So now we'll move on to the third C, compelling. And this is sort of, I think everyone sort of has dealt with this sort of aspect of goal setting. This is the why. This is, this is the thing that is going to tell you why you're doing what you're doing. So the first to establish what you're doing, right? This one is why you're doing it. The, the, the why, the thing that makes us compelling, when you hear the why, it should fire you up, it should get you going, it should remind you of why you started in the first place. It should be the thing that you wake up and you're like, wow, like, I gotta get after it. Whether that's you have to study for a test, you have to present something to your company, you have to, whatever it may be. The why should be something that innately just gets you going. And the thing is with the compelling part, the why, I think a lot of people sort of struggle with finding self-motivation. I think self-motivation is a very big factor as to why people don't accomplish their goals. It's something that I think definitely takes practice of just constantly thinking about the goals, constantly thinking about 
what your life will look like once you reach the result. Um, but once you find a really compelling why, it's almost, it's very, very difficult to forget your goals. And this could be anything to, I need to get this job to provide for my family. I need to get this degree in order to get a job. I need to lose this weight because I'm looking at a very, very bad prognosis for, for my health. I need to get my life together for X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. The why just needs to be something that's, and a why for one person could be insignificant to another and vice versa. So whatever is going to get you going and make you say, okay, I have to get after it. Let that be your why. That is the compelling part. The fourth C is consistent. And I know I just said that um, the compelling part, the the why is what sort of gets people. But let's but that's not the number one thing. I definitely do believe it's the consistency. Um, so the consist the consistency is just the act of working towards your goals daily on a daily basis, you know, day in and day out, you're constantly working to achieve your goals. And I think the issue with this is just that you ever, you know, say you try a new diet or you're trying a new life hack or you, I don't know, whatever it may be, you find something new that's really, really interesting to you and you're all about that one thing. And you're on this track where you're like, wow, dude, this is amazing. Like you, you do it for those first couple days and you're like, I'm going to keep on doing this. This is, this is, this is really great. I don't know. You find a new essential oil diffuser. You find, uh, a new, uh, stretching routine. You find, um, a new business model for your startup business. Um, you, whatever it may be, you find a new study tool, something like that. And you're like, okay, this is really, really helping me out. And I think I'm really going to benefit from this. And you do it for that first week and you're like, wow, I'm killing it. And then you do it for that second week and you're like, yeah, man, I'm still going. And then you hit that third week, you hit that third week. And it's almost as if the train is not moving as fast as it once was. It's almost as if you're hitting a wall. It's like, Something is behind you sort of dragging you back or something is in front of you that's sort of pushing you back and you don't necessarily get that same drive or instead of being the person who's super consistent from the jump and then you fall off, maybe you're the kind of person that's just very sporadic. You do it for three days at a time, you take two days off, you're on one day, you're off four days, you're on five days, you're off three days and you never have a consistent pattern or schedule with attaining your goals or working towards your goals that you just never get there. We need a certain level of discipline, you know what I mean, to to make sure that you're always working at them. And yeah, man, I, I think I think it just comes down to just being disciplined enough to 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 work at your goals. And it's specifically even when you don't want to work. There are plenty of times where I know you and I, we get up, it is a Monday morning, and we're like, it's Monday? I got to do this again? Yes, you have to do this again. 
and then the next day and the next day and the next day. And just saying consistency doesn't mean that you have to do like an enormous amount of work either. Consistency just means that whatever you set for yourself to do, just make sure you're doing that on a daily basis. So if that's, hey, I want to study for 30 minutes a day, okay, by all means. Or I want to spend five minutes in the morning meditating. All right, okay. And you can also set whether you want to do this on a daily basis or this is a bi-daily basis. Whatever you set for yourself, just make sure that you are consistent with it. And now the last C is going to be committed. So I, I describe this as being attached to your goals no matter what. Your goals should be investments in yourself and if your why is strong enough, it will, it will be so much easier to be committed to your goals. Because when we set goals, I mean, there's there's going to be easier goals than others. Um, for example, it may be much easier for me to, let's say, I, only, I can only drive a thousand miles this month. Okay, so I just need to plan out how many trips I'm going to be taking in my car, whether it's to work or to a friend's house. Hey, I'm reaching towards that thousand miles. Now I need to drive a little bit less. Something, something like that is very simple. But let's say there's a goal where it's like, um, say you are on a fitness journey and you are trying to lose weight and you know that for you, it's just been very, very annoying and stubborn to lose that five pounds. Remember why you started in the first place and stick with it because there's going to be times where it is tough, it is rough, it is it is exhausting, but if you stay committed to it and you work through those trials and tribulations, you are going to get to your end goals. And that's with anything. Like I said, this is this this is this these 5 Cs do not just apply to school. This applies to anything that you want to attain in life. So being committed, we need to understand that our goals, they're, they're going to take time. They're going to take energy. And goals, they are hard to achieve. Even though I just said there are easier goals and there are harder ones, goals in general, you need to, you need to invest in your goals because investing in your goals is investing in yourself. And when we put all four of these together, being clear, concise, compelling, consistent, committed, and we apply that to any of our goals that we want to set, we are going to, we're going to get there. And I do challenge you to take these five C's and, and use them for, for whatever you, whatever you need. I'm bringing it up for school because school is just starting and maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you know where to start, but you need some sort of a guide. Maybe you need, just need that daily reminder. And like I said, this, these five C's are just a tool. How you go about them and implementing them into your system, whether you have an agenda, you have a bullet journal, you have a calendar, you have a weekly calendar on your wall, or you have a cork board where you just put up post-it notes, however you do it. 
keep those five C's in the back of your mind when you're making your goals. You need to make sure that you're clear so that you know when you've succeeded, when you failed. You need to be concise so that it's nice and brief and you have a lot of information. You need it to be compelling because you need to know why you're doing this in the first place. It needs to be consistent. Well, you need to be consistent when you're going after your goals because if you drop off from consistency, you're never going to get there and you need to be committed to your goals because you need to invest in yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that that's really it, man. Um, I'm not going to go into this anymore, but I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to the Unwritten Podcast. That was basically how I feel about uh, schools reopening, uh, some scenarios here in New York, and a nice tool set of the five C's for setting up and accomplishing your goals. Uh, thank you guys for listening week to week. I'm going to use this uh, tool set to keep myself accountable because I know that I have fallen off the, the, the wagon a little bit. I've been uploading uh, weekly, but I've been telling myself that we need to upload every Monday at 11 a.m. This is going to be out tomorrow uh, on Labor Day at 11 a.m. So you have something to start off uh, your week. Um, I really do appreciate all the support and love that I get on social media. Continue to do so. Follow the Unwritten Podcast at Unwritten Pod. And I'll catch you next time on the Unwritten Podcast.